intrigue, inquiries, insights. This is Poddam. Welcome to Poddam, a reservoir of relevant insights. I'm the one they call Papa Beaver. I'm your average everyday citizen doing his best to navigate today's society where extremes are the norm, feelings trump facts, and tribalism tries to ruin us all. Poddam seeks to find the answers to some of life's greatest mysteries, from political theories from an everyman's perspective to issues surrounding free speech, liberty, and whether the Loch Ness Monster knows the whereabouts of Jimmy Hoffa. We're here to guide you on this river of truth with open minds, a search for balance, and a little humor. On our last voyage, we were discussing truth, what it is and how to find it in this age of partisanship and agendas. Tonight, we'll be talking about the fourth estate, the legacy media, where it came from, what it is today, and who we can trust to bring us the news in as rounded a fashion as possible. As always, I'm joined by my fellow tour guides, Victor Tiffany and Michael Johnson. Victor, how about you start us off tonight? Michael's going to cover bias in the media quite extensively. And before we do that, I think it's important that everyone understands what our bias is. What are our values? Remember, truth and value are radically homogenous. Our values are roughly, roundly, human rights, peace, as in not war, and democratic order. Those are the things we will be uh, champions for. We will practice uh, free speech, but we feel, I believe we feel, we're going to find out that we have to draw lines. There's while the Constitution allows, you know, any group to go out there and, and have a newspaper and, and do protests and marches and so forth, private organization, any organization such as a podcast, doesn't have to follow those same uh, strictures. We're not the government, right? So we can uh, draw a line as to who we will or will not cover. We will interview libertarians or Marxists or conservatives and liberals, maybe even a neoliberal if we can find one willing to talk to us. But I propose that we draw a line, that we do not include or sanction or even give voice to Nazis. Is that a problem? So we vote on that or or are we in agreement? We're not gonna invite a Nazi to join Poddam. We don't, I don't even think it's relevant, but what do you think? Is that is that? Do we have a consensus or a vote on that? Very, yeah, I, you have my vote there. I'm very, you know, I'm not. Um, my opinion, though, is you know, obviously, I'm willing to give a voice to even the the staunchest conservatives and everything, and the the, the staunchest uh, leftists. Um, right. If you're generally you're spewing hate, I would probably agree that that's probably something you wanna you wanna try to disassociate yourself with. So now you get into hate. you can get into Let some. Let me draw another line. Let me just draw another line for a second. I think we should talk to nationalists, right? People who have a different foreign policy, people who have a different trade policy than we might. But I think there's a thin line between nationalists and white nationalists, and I wouldn't want to invite night a white nationalist, roughly for the same reason in my mind that we wouldn't want to invite a Nazi on this program, right? The issue to me is races. I don't want to give a racist. The opportunity to express himself on this program i just that's where we draw a line it's 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 our line it's not the constitution's line so if you if you're a racist and and, you, and you're a white nationalist or a nazi go go on some other podcast we're not interested in 
I would probably say that um, if you're if you're known to be spewing hate, that should probably be our our line because there are certain groups and whatnot and certain individuals that are considered that they call a Nazi or whatever, you know, or or you know alt right or something, and you know they might have different beliefs than us, but that's that's you know not the case at all that they're a Nazi or whatever. Like for example, isn't I, hate implied in racism? It is. I'm just saying. Okay. If you're, if well, you, it, I, I agree with you with that. Because for example, for example, I would have no problem. Like you know, people say Tucker Carlson is a is a racist or a white supremacist or whatever. Um, I don't think that's the, that's true, and I wouldn't ha- mind having him on. Um, for example, I, yeah, I'd have him on. What's that? I'd have him on. You would? I uh, I would have him on if he was willing to come on. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have on uh, when we're talking about hate. I'd also add, I wouldn't have a male chauvinist uh, on either who is going to spew their hatred of women. Um, so it's not just on ethnic lines that I, I would say we need to look out for. I think there's other groups that are targeted. And if someone has hatred towards a, a group of people or, or maybe a, a, a big a, a big I'd say bigotry in general is something that I don't want to deal with. The hardcore prejudice, I don't want to deal with that. There will be other lines. I, and you're right. And I agree with you. So I, I just wanted to make it clear. Well, we draw think about this. The, the, here's, let, me, let me just play devil's advocate for a second. Even Oprah would have white supremacists on her show back in the day. We're not Oprah, and we've already decided right. we're not going to have white supremacists on. Um, the reason for this is because we're... Michael, I think you moved on your neck. <laughs> the reason for this is because our bias is progressive. Right? We hope to create grand synthesis of some ideas, whether they're on the left or the right, going forward in other conversations. But right now, uh, I just wanted to make it clear, as Michael talks about bias in the media, our bias is to the left, and we are nonpartisan. We will be as critical of the Democratic Party as we are of the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party. Or even, if, if we find reason to criticize the Green Party, we will be nonpartisan and critical of any of any political organization um, as as called for. So if, if everyone's on board with that, let's go ahead and have Michael talk about bias in the media. This has gone on a lot long enough. Uh, okay. Um, one way I like to look at bias is bias and values are really the same thing. There's a positive and negative way you can say anything. I could be real stubborn. Or I could be real loyal, and, and those mean basically the same thing, but stubborn comes with a negative connotation, and loyal comes with a positive connotation. I could be a snob, which comes with a negative connotation, or I could be confident, which comes with a positive connotation. So that's just how you slant your values. Um, I, I, I could say, hey, we really need to have a, a, a special on ostriches playing basketball. Um, of course, they don't play basketball, but I could say, hey, this is a value. This is important to me. That's my value. Now, when we think of values, we think of things more like, well, murder is wrong. So you would want to know about that on, on the news if it were to occur somewhere, uh, especially in large numbers. Um, 
but then people have have values on what they consider the most important to report. Um, sometimes people are more interested in what happens in their own community than outside their own community, and that could also mean their own neighborhood as opposed to outside their neighborhood, their own city as opposed to outside their city, their own country as opposed to outside their country, or unfortunately in their own ethnic group as opposed to outside their ethnic group. People put values all over the place, and these are the same as biases. So if I put a value on, for instance, uh, the Republican Party, uh, I, I'm going to not see anything that, that's put out by a, a conservative-leaning outlet is biased. I'm going to look at it as having appropriate values. Same if I'm, uh, if I'm more uh, left-leaning, I, I might consider something like CN more positive. Now, one thing that we're going to be covering uh, probably in a lot of different ways is how there's a neoliberal establishment that really doesn't cater to the left as much as it does a corporate um, uh, a, a corporate bias that simply tries to pull the left along. And, and we'll talk a lot about the neoliberal establishment. But I, I think it's important to understand that um, when you have something that you, you call center-biased news, it really is more establishment bias news. There's um, two real popular uh, media's bias charts that I would encourage everyone to look at. They're really easy to find. Um, they're both actually on a website called pointer.org, and that's spelled P-O-Y-N-T-E-R, not P-O-I-N-T-E-R.org. Um, first, I'm going to cover the ad fontes chart because it's the most popular. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated than the other one. Then I'll touch on the other one uh, after that, and I'll, I'll explain why I'm touching on that one second. Um, the ad fontes chart, it, it has sort of an interesting pyramid where as it gets more towards the center, it considers that more factual reporting. As it gets to the right or to the left, it, it starts to step down further and further away towards a far left bias and a far right bias. So the ad fontes chart itself has its own bias that the center is where you have your neutrality and where you have your most factual reporting. But it puts close to the center, uh, left of center, it puts New York Times um, left to center, it also puts CNN, uh, trailing a little bit more left and a little bit further down. Then as we go further down, it, it's uh, we have the Palmer Report, uh, Daily Coast, which you might be familiar with, Counterpunch, which are said to contain inaccurate, fabricated information to a high degree, as well as being highly uh, biased to the left. Then on the right, you have... Um, American Thinker, Judicial Watch, Breitbart, and those are considered to be highly biased towards the right and also not having factual data. So it considers it, it considers this neoliberal sort of establishment of CBS and NBC and Associated Press and Politico and The Washington Post and Newsweek and CNN's uh, on the web it considers them to be the most reliable sources of news. Um, and, and I think that's really unfair uh, because it's a, it's assuming a center bias. Um, and the truth is, I think you can actually find a lot of truth on the fringes. I think that uh, Alex Jones, in some cases, was he was the first uh, on Fast and Furious. Uh, 
he was a first on a couple things. Um, so he's correct on the fringe. I, I think Lee Camp, he's considered fringe, but he's also cutting edge. He, he He's connected with a website called uh, Mint Press News, which I found before Lee Camp was affiliated with him. He used to be affiliated with Russian Times. I think Russian Times is an actually excellent source of news, uh, w- with the exception of where we know its biases, and it's going to be biased uh, towards Russia and against Ukraine. We, we can know that as a given, but I think outside of that, uh, as far as what's going on in the United States, it has a good bird's-eye view um, of, of what's going on, and uh, I, I think Lee Camp was a great addition to that. So some sites I would promote would be Mint Press News. Uh, I'd also promote... Uh, gray zone and um I, i'm also going to promote uh, a site i didn't expect to promote and that's uh, all sides i think all sides.com they're the ones who have another um media bias chart which i think is excellent but it's more simplified so if you want something that's simple a little bit more to the point uh doesn't disagree with ad fontes all that much but it, it keeps things it just has a right-left bias, so it, it has what's in the center, not calling the center more reliable. It just has your center, your center left, your left, then your center right, and your right uh, biases. So I, I think you can check those out um, either on their website uh, or on um, uh, uh, allsides.com or pointer.org. Um, so I, I, one thing I really like about allsides.com is it will take the, the hot news topics of the day and it will show you how different news outlets across the spectrum take those stories. It will also cover stories that are only being covered by the right and it will cover stories that are only being covered by the left. So by the time you're done scrolling through all sides in, in a day, you, you get the full political spectrum from the right to the left. The, the only thing that I think is unfortunate that, that uh, gets excluded is the, the more libertarian and progressive viewpoints because when you have your right-left spectrum, you're sticking with the establishment and you're sticking with uh, a, a little bit more authoritarian news when you're going to have a lot more free information on... Um, uh, the, the libertarian and the green side, I, I would think, in my opinion, when you're getting their perspectives in, you're, you're getting things that are hiding out a little bit more in the fringes, but could be true. Um, uh, we talk about two different forms of media. That's hot media and cold media. And I like to call hot media polarization media because what hot media is, that, that would be like your, your, your hot, hot nightly news like NBC or CNN or Fox News. That's hot media. Um, then uh, a more open forum, I, I like to call it forum media uh, or cold media, would be like Twitter. If you go on Twitter, you can get all sorts of different perspectives of your choice. And um, you, you'll really get a broad swath of information where it's just people putting out their viewpoints and they're allowing the forum to interact with them. That's something you don't get on hot media. And then, then there's also um, one thing that we're getting new media, where we're getting uh, media starting to get criticized. Uh, we've really got a dump of knowledge on, on the media and what it was about uh, by Greenwald and, and uh, 
Taibi with the Twitter files as well as everyone else who jumped in and um, let us know just how much censorship exists in what we typically would consider the establishment like Twitter, like Facebook, like Google and in their YouTube. Actually, their parent company is Alphabet. So there, there's a lot of censorship all around and it's coming from big sources. So really, if we want to find the truth, if we want to find good information, we're going to find it in the fringe where corporate media doesn't want you to find it. That's pretty good. It's actually more pernicious than that. You talked about establishment bias news. And that and that bias is toward the neoliberal uh, values, which we'll cover in a future episode. But it's 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 actually more pernicious than just bias. Uh, and I'm going to reference uh, Chomsky and and um, of course I forget his name Edwards. Is that is that his name? Co-author of Manufacturing Consent, and they they wrote a book that covered first of all the, the idea from corporate media perspective the elites is that we're all too stupid to, to understand what really needs to be done right and by the elites so we need to be like cattle we need to be corralled into the right thinking now I'm talking about mainstream media corporate media here or I should say Chomsky was talking about them and they referred to what are called five filters that uh, corporate media uses to make sure that Elites get their way essentially to make sure that we consent to what it is they're doing, whether it's a war or overthrowing a democratic order or whatever. So the the five filters start with concentrated ownership and the profit motive, right? So you got fewer and fewer news organizations these days. They don't have to compete so much with with other organizations, other news organizations, at least within the corporate. Media. They are competing with new media, which is digital media, but we'll, I'll come back to that. So, their a whole approach is to gain profit. So, that means they have to have the widest uh, audience possible. So, you're not going to get, for example, a, a, really an understanding of what might be the Russian point of view in, in Ukraine. They're going to give you the nationalist point of view because Americans want to hear the American story. So, and, and if they don't, they're going to turn off your television set and the profit motive goes downhill. They're out to get audience eyes. Advertisers are only going to want to pay for media that's popular, right? They're not going to want to fund dissonant voices. So you, you end up with media that's between the 40 yard lines as uh, Obama referred to policymaking in the United States, even though the right idea might be over on the 15 yard line on the left or the five yard line on the right, you're only going to get in corporate media the center, and, and and that's intentional, because that's the establishment. That's where they want you thinking is correct information, and even unbiased, although it's not objective. In fact, something Michael didn't say is there is no objective media. Everyone has a bias. No matter who you are, you're biased. And why? Because you have values, as he alluded to. Values and bias are closely related. The third um, filter is that the experts, if you ever listen to the experts, they come from former CIA, former State Department, former government agency this way or that way. So they, they, they don't bring Chomsky on to discuss the war in Ukraine, right? They bring in military people. 
So again, they limit the information that they present by using uh, experts that are funded by institutions of power, like the CIA or think tanks, mainstream think tanks. The fourth uh, filter is called flack. And basically, if, if a reporter comes up with a, want to cover a story from, say, uh, dissent, dissenters against the, a party from, let's say, the Republican Party from the right or the Democratic Party from the left, they're going to be given flack. In fact, there's a perfect example of that that's been uh, published on MSNBC recently attacking uh, Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi, who's doing a lot of the uh, covering the, the Twitter files, right? And, and it was deceitful in many ways and, and just misguided at best. But that's flack, right? They, they basically marginalize people who aren't in the establishment center and, and make sure that their voices aren't heard or the voices of the margins are not heard. And finally, there's a ideological bias in the media. It's not even bias. I guess it's bias. But they limit their um, shows often around a common enemy, right? When uh, cons uh, manufacturing consent, of course, it was the Cold War. The Soviet Union was the big boogeyman that had to be defeated and, and confronted at every stage. And of course, then it became the, the war on terror. And <clears throat> if you're in partisan media, if you're on MSNBC, it's the Republicans. And if you're listening to Fox, it's the Democrats. But it's all propaganda. And that's the point. That's, it's not just establishment bias, as Michael alluded to. It's propaganda. If you're watching corporate media and you believe, if, if your understanding of the world is coming from corporate media, you are sadly mistaken. And you need to cover some of these, or start uh, using, uh, consuming other media sources. Michael alluded to Gray Zone and uh, what was the other one, Michael? It's the uh, Gray Zone, Mint Press Nude and News Press. and All Sides. And All Sides. All Sides sounds interesting. I have a, a two sides, um, although I have problems with it too. And, and that is uh, Breaking... Shoot, I have to grab that name again. Breaking uh, Points with uh, Crystal Ball and Sagar Anjedi. Now... Jetty has been criticized by people on the right that he's not really a populist right winger. He's actually comes from uh, the uh, shoot I can't remember the name of the institution, but it's a neo neo conservative institution. The basic and, and the criti one criticism of Jetty is that he's trying to present uh, neo conservative points of view as as populist left and ingratiate himself with with progressives. And the other criticism I heard which I, I'm having a hard time pinning down, is that he was a little deceptive or very deceptive uh, covering one particular story. But I still like, nevertheless, broadly, with maybe exceptions, I like that show because it presents multiple, point, multiple points of view within the context of one show. So until I find another one, and all sides might be the other one, I like uh, Breaking Points and... Glenn Greenwald has his program on Rumble every night. He records at 7, does it live at 7. And I like him because he's equally critical of 
Republicans and Democrats, although for many reasons he's been more critical of Democrats lately, which was part of that flack that he was getting from MSNBC. Oh, no, you can't criticize the Democrats. We're freaking perfect. So th those are my two sources. There's another form of media, and then we're going to come back to this in future episodes. Um, and that's social media. Our social media is, is a whole new level of media intercourse. Um, Marshall McLuhan wrote a book about media in which he had the popular say, uh, statement, the media is the message. But with social media, when you are the publisher, right? Social media blends news source and news consumer. It's, if you're using Twitter, you're both. It, it, it's, it's a new radical integration between consumer and producer of media. So in, in social media, you are the message. Right, and think about that. If you retweet some utter bullshit, you're a bullshitter. If you repost something on Facebook or share a post on Facebook that, that is deceptive, maybe it's a quote that isn't even the quote from that person, you're a liar or you're an ignoramus or you're a moron. And we want to encourage uh, people to be seeking some version of the truth. Make sure your values aren't so far out the wall that you just retweet something you believe to be true without fact-checking it yourself first. And that, and that's where I want to bring in um, media-wise. It's, it's a function of uh, pointers uh, that Michael alluded to, pointers.org. And take the seven-day course. It's, it's five minutes a day. It's a little video. It, it'll show you how to check facts on your own using using a browser or a, a search engine it'll show you how to recognize deep fakes coming from um, sometimes it comes from Photoshop sometimes it comes from artificial intelligence it'll teach you you know it, it, it'll show you red flags that might be present in a bullshit post or an ignorant post that's just misleading or, or incorrect so next week we, we are going to cover um, the, the Twitter files, mainstream media isn't doing a very good job of that. We're going to cover it because we think it's important in, in, in a wide variety of ways. What's being exposed, what's being censored, uh, how oppressive it is toward free speech. And we're not talking about eliminating Nazis. We're talking about eliminating dissent, which is a whole different level of, of censorship that uh, is underway in the United States. So come back next week. We'll be talking about uh, the Twitter files. And uh, I think that is good enough for this week unless we have something to discuss. No, I think you guys uh, summed up uh, pretty well. Um, you know, there's, you know, you just have to look a lot harder these days to, to find um, find what it is that, you need, that you're looking for, um, which is a shame. But... Well, I mean, it's built into the human condition. We talked about this last week when we talked about truth. All we can, we can't get certainty out there. There's no, unless you're, even if you're watching something directly yourself, like a president's uh, uh, State of the Union, right? That's direct. You're watching on television. Nobody's interpreting it for you. You're just listening to it on television, which is as close to the truth as you can get. 
But even then, it's your version of the truth. The way you describe it to someone else is your version of the truth, which might be different than uh, a version you'll hear on, on uh, say, Fox News or Breitbart. Right? It's yeah. because. So what's what, what's impossible is to have certainty about anything other than what you experience yourself. And even then, you're going to have a biased uh, understanding of it because that's just built into the human condition. And you can know what the president's saying in a speech, but it doesn't mean he's not trying to deceive you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you may believe it because he reinforces your own bias, or you may get on the line and start doing some fact-checking. Right. Because you have doubts. And, and what we want to offer is be doubtful. Be skeptical. Get other points of view. Right. Don't just listen to the left. Listen to the right. That's why I did like breaking sides or breaking uh, points. Because it is two, two, two uh, angles on a, on a given story. And yeah. If you get more of that in the media, it would really, outside of the uh, mainstream, that would really a, be helpful. A lot of fact-checking has more of a, a slightly left-leaning or neoliberal establishment bias. Um, a couple of sites that I found, I, I found Project Veritas is doing a pretty good job, even though they their stories are limited just by the nature of what they do. Um, they can only find out so much with their fact-finding missions. Aren't they um, partisan? Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. They're they're partisan, but they they have exposed CNN, which I thought was really good. They it, it exposed CNN's uh, Russia uh, baiting. Um, so I, I, I thought that that was good. Check Your Fact is put out by Daily Caller, I believe. Um and they're a, a very conservative, definitely biased, but they will find out facts that the neoliberal establishment uh, is misrepresenting, and, and, and they'll, they'll get the facts straight on that. So uh, we already have good, popular neoliberal establishment uh, fact-checkers like uh, PolitiFact.com is pretty good. Snopes, I, I would say... Uh, liberal leaning when it comes to politics but they, they still find out some pretty good stuff so there's a lot to dig through and uh, I, I'm going to have to check out media wise myself because um, that, that's new to me and that sounds like that, that would really be good to have that knowledge set in my head rather than having to depend on others to do the fact uh, checking for me I, I think the fact checking itself would take longer than just catching those quick little things they do every day it's very quick. It's a few paragraphs and a video, a short video. Okay. So it's well worth Sounds your time good. if you use social media. And you don't want to be considered a liar or an ignoramus or a moron. It would behoove you to uh, to take that media-wise course. All right. We'll do that. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna put all of our uh, we're gonna put all of our favorite um, you know sources in the. Uh, in the video description um, and on our and on our social medias and website. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our journey this week on Pod Dam. We're very grateful you took this voyage with us. Join us next time as we discuss social media, the Twitter files, and the effects of free speech in the internet age. In the meantime, send us your thoughts at poddamfeedback at gmail.com. And if you want to contribute to us financially, we have several resources for that, all of which, as well as our social media, can be found on our website, poddam.com. For Victor Tiffany and Michael Johnson, I've been Papa Beaver. Thank you for cruising with us.
This has been Pod Dam, a production of Barnaby Smythe Incorporated. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.